in this sanctuary was last time my father had a privilege before he went to be with the Lord two years ago um, to share testimony of what he was going through at the time, struggling with cancer, and um, he played that, and then we had the opportunity to play it at his celebration service. And when Grady came to me about a week or so ago and said he's going to be out, he just said, hey, can you fill in? I'm coming back. And I'm like, dude, anytime. I'm ready to come off the bench whenever it's needed, right? And uh, to always have the privilege and opportunity to encourage you guys. But I just feel like, you know, we just finished Advent, talking about the hope of Christ and the peace of Christ and the joy of Christ and the love of God and, you know, this in-between type phase where we get back in Ephesians. And I just felt like, Lord, what do you want your church to know? What can I just bring, you know, we're always at the end of a year, we're human beings, we're always in that position of thinking about the old and getting ready for the new and thinking about those types of things. Oh, there you are. The few, the proud, the New Year's Eve Sunday service. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Can y'all just make a little circle right here? We're just going to gather up. We'll have a little small group. Um, but no, I just the simplicity of it, I really felt the Holy Spirit say, I just have, if Jesus was standing up for what, just a couple practical, just basic practical things that are nothing extraordinary, nothing new or anything, but just wanted to encourage you as fellow believers in, in, in Christ and just some basic things to encourage you to start off this new year. And I just thought seeing that again to remind us of who he is. And uh, one thing I felt like he said to start off is just very simply, and I think it's so important, you guys, that we remember who he is. We remember what he's done. And so just to start off, just to remember and reflect on what God did this past year. I know for many of you in this room, and I can look around and point to you, you probably are saying, CJ, I cannot wait till tomorrow night and when that clock strikes 12 because I am so ready for 18 to be over. Because you've experienced loss and tragedy and pain and suffering. We've had some people in this body that have experienced the worst tragedy and pain known for humanity that any human life could experience. But, but God, right? (laughs) The two greatest words in scripture, but God. Well, we can still, despite our pain and suffering and struggles, whether it's financial or relationships or pain of loss or whatever it is, he's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be thought about and to reflect on who he is and what he's done. And I know for me, it was 17. I couldn't wait till December 31st, 2017 for that clock to strike 12 and for 2017 to be over. It was the worst year of my life, worst year of my family's life. Experiencing that with my dad, seeing him go to be with the Lord. But one thing the Lord reminded me through all of that, he took me back to Joshua chapter 4. I just want to read this to you. And I just, it's all through the Old Testament. And this is something we need to get in us, you guys, as children of God, as saints. It's during the time of Joshua and they just crossed the Jordan. And he said, God said, let this be a sign among you so that when your children ask later, saying, what do these stones mean? God told them to take stones out of the Jordan River and make a little altar after they crossed. Then you shall say to them, because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. You know what the word forever means in Hebrew? Forever, eternity, always, you never forget. As our our former pastor Alan used to say, this was a divine signpost. You stake it in the ground of God showing up in his glory. In verse 20 of Joshua 4, it says, Those 12 stones which they had taken from the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. He said to the sons of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall inform your children, saying, Israel crossed this Jordan on dry ground. 
For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until he had crossed, just as the Lord your God had done to the Red Sea, which he dried up before as until we had crossed. Here's key verse 24. Why did this happen? Why set up the stones? That all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, so that you may fear the Lord your God forever. All throughout the rest of the Old Testament, we see time and time again where God instructed his people, when I showed up in my power and glory, when I visited you, and I revealed myself in my power and glory, my love, my grace, my mercy, I want you to build an altar to come back and remember what I did. Why? Why do you think that when when the Israelites would come back and look at those stones and those kids would share the story, what would that do to that person's faith? What would that do to that person's view of God? It would build it up. It would give wonderful perspective that there's no need to fear. There's no need to be concerned that we serve a God, as it just said here, who is mighty. And my wife passed years ago. And let me just clarify. Things I may encourage you with this morning, some of you may be cranking on it. You're doing it. Great. Hallelujah. Praise God. Nothing of this is going to be new. But sometimes we just need reminders, amen, just to reorient ourselves, to rethink some stuff when we get in situations. And Nikki, a few years back, started this wonderful little thing for us that just has brought so much joy to us and our family. And many of you may be already doing it, but I just want to encourage you with it. And this is our glory jar. And what she did a few years ago, someone encouraged her. And I wish we started when the kids were younger. Um, And many of you may be already doing this. But these are our memorial stones. And Christmas morning, just a few days ago, before we open one gift, we open this. This gift of God's glory. And we poured them out, dozens of these, and we spread them out. And on every piece of this paper is the power of God showing up in our lives and in our family. Through financial situations, through guidance, through direction, through jobs, through all sorts of things. Where for the past year, praise God for my wife who was faithful to remember and write. But she put them in here. And we got to experience the glory of God before we opened every, every open one gift. But this was the gift. So I just want to encourage you, as you begin this new year, as we're looking back, even today, as you guys go to lunch, go with your family, take some time, if you haven't already done it, and you may already have, get together as husband and wife, mother, sons, daughters, children, family, and think about and reflect on God's glory and goodness from 2018. He's worthy of it. It will build you. We left, yes, that morning. My faith was built. There's some things we're going through as family struggles. I've got friends and loved ones who are struggling and lost and in horrible situations of health. And that morning, I was built. I was encouraged. I was edified through just reading what God had done the past year. So I just want to encourage you guys to prioritize. And I think that's the Lord's heart, to remember me, reflect on what I've done, who I am, to build your faith and prioritize maybe your own memorial stones starting in 2019. It could be a glory journal. I'm not a journaler. I wish I was, and maybe the Holy Spirit will work on me this year. But get you a glory journal of the family. Every time God does it, just jot it down and watch that baby fill up. And then at the end of the year, spend some time enjoying the presence of the Lord as you talk about what he did in your life. And by talking about when he shows up, expresses who he is. And we just saw it there, his nature, his ways, the emphasis of him being our king. And obviously, I just want to encourage you. And obviously, this is where we all come to at the end of a year. How many of you made your list? Let's all be honest. Trying to lose weight. Going to exercise more. Going to work on this. I mean, we do. We're humans. This is what we do. And it's okay to do those things. We have resolutions we want to do. And things. I've already made mine, you know. How many of you bought your first devotional for the year? Right? You got your Bible reading plan? 
And those are good things. I'm not knocking none of it, but just who we are. It's what we prepare to do. And I just want to encourage you again, as you think about memorial stands and what God has done, I want to encourage you because there's a mirror right here. And if Jesus were, he would say the same thing. Prioritize me. Prioritize the relationship. Not just checking off a box. Not just getting, I'm excited about my Tim Keller Psalms devotional starting in a couple days, you know, to check off that every day. No, it's because every time I open that devotional and I open my, this precious word, I get to prioritize my relationship with my king, with my Lord, my Savior. He deserves it. He wants it. And what's even more amazing about, as I'm so glad a couple of the songs mentioned, which I'm going to emphasize, as the video says, this aspect of kingship and him being our king. Guys, how many kings do we know in history that are real approachable? Most aren't, right? They're on their big thrones. But we have a king who when the door opens into the throne room, he runs to us. Y'all get that? He doesn't just sit up there on his, and with his scepter and wait. What do you think the prodigal describes? We have a glorious, benevolent king who longs to be with us, who longs to know us, who wants to know us so intimately that it's as much as when I get a phone call from that sweet lady and she goes, hey, I know who it is, even though sometimes her face pops up on my phone. But you know what I'm talking about, the old days. We hear each other's voice. We know who we are because we spend time. We have an intimate relationship. And I just want to encourage you to start this new year as we all contemplate and we're all thinking about priorities and schedules and what can I do better this year from last year, that you prioritize intimacy with God. And in the simple ways, and we all know, in prayer, in his word, studying, Bible study. There's so many opportunities. And first, it's got to start one-on-one, right? That's the first relationship. You start with him one-on-one in times of prayer and getting together in Bible study. And I want to encourage all of you. Grady mentioned it last week, the, the ESV study Bible. Just, and that's why this is very practical encouragement today. I encourage every one of you who don't have it, get you a good study Bible. That's just not a plug in a commercial for an ESV study Bible. It's because you get to study the ultimate source of truth, the authoritative word of God, instead of just having these things at the bottom, the notes, they help take you to a deeper level of knowledge of God. God has graced us with men and women to help do that for us. So I want to encourage you through prayer, Bible study, a new devotional, go find you one, reading through the Bible in a year. And I'll be very honest and transparent. I've been reading through the Bible, reading for for two. <laughs> I'm on year two, but I'm cranking. I'm, I'm working my way through. I'm so excited that I haven't read some of these letters of the minor prophets in years. But once you get in there, guess what jumps off? The glory of God. He shows himself. He reveals himself. And God has been so faithful to help me work through when I'm not there yet. But I'm working because I know every time I open this book or I get on my face or I close my eyes and I get into, I am building a relationship with the God of the universe. The God who named every single star we saw last night. Did y'all just hear that? The scripture says in Psalms, he named the stars. That God longs to know us and to have a relationship and be close with us. So again, I just want to encourage you in a practical way. Reflect on the past. Reflect on who he is. Prioritize your relationship with Jesus. Prioritize time with him. And another way to do that, as a sideboard in a commercial... God has blessed us with some amazing groups in this church. We have four Sunday school, Sunday morning Bible study classes that God has put together to have wonderful studies and all sorts of different topics of scripture. We have life groups. We have men and women's Bible studies on Wednesdays. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't committed to one of those, 
commit, get involved, get engaged with one of those. You will go deeper in your walk with the Lord and with each other. It's not to be done alone. Amen? This is not an isolated walk, this journey we're on. We need each other. Get together one-on-one. I know some of the men and women here get together two at a time, one-on-one. Go through a book together, a letter of the Bible. Prioritize Jesus, and there's so many ways to do it. And as you know your king, and that's what I want to emphasize even with the video, I feel like the Lord wanted us to have this reminder as we need to. As we know our king, then we will know clearly more about his kingdom. Men, we are kingdom people. More than anything else in Scripture that I think we've been called to, and we really see it in what Jesus talked about, is us being kingdom-minded people. One of my favorite scriptures is 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This one's going to be up there. And very familiar passage. But I think we need this reminder all the time. I know I do. Verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And everyone said, hey, have you been reconciled? I mean, we do, the wrath has been taken care of for us. We can rejoice in that one scripture the rest of the day. We've been reconciled to God through Christ. And then in turn, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20, here's who we are. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. And the justification verse, if you want to write in your Bibles, this is it. Verse 21, this is why we are in this room. He, God the Father, made him Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We are justified. Now, what's the beauty of verse 20? And I love this whole aspect of us being ambassadors. The church in Corinth at that time would have understood that when Paul said, you were ambassadors of Christ, first thing that would have come to their minds is they would have understood, oh my goodness, we're ambassadors of a king. We're ambassadors of King Jesus, of Christ the king. Because in that context, in that day and age, an ambassador was a representative of a king from one country to another. So if a king sent a messenger or somebody to another kingdom, that person would have been titled or called an ambassador. Y'all see the relationship for us? How amazing this is? Look what Paul is saying here. You Christians in Corinth, you guys are ambassadors and representatives of Christ the King, our King of another kingdom. And you are to be in this world and make an appeal to those in the kingdom of the world. Please be reconciled back to the true King. There is only one King, and his name is Jesus. And that's what Paul is saying here. And for us, And I love this context even more for us today. Our ambassadors today are diplomats and representatives that represent what? Our nation. So right now, any ambassador of the United States of America that's across and overseas, wherever their foot goes, goes what? The power, the authority, and the sovereignty of the United States of America. Because they are the full embodiment of who we are. Do you all see what that is for us? How amazing that is? That we have been called to represent a higher kingdom and a higher law. And I'm going to put this out there. It's something we got to be reminded of, you guys, time and time again, because we get so caught up in what goes on in this kingdom of the world. There's only two kingdoms, 
Kingdom of God and kingdom of the world. Who governs the kingdom of the world? Satan. That's his realm. Limited domain, but it's his. Where there's flesh, iniquity, everything that's contrary to the kingdom of God. There's only two. Do you, and we only represent one or the other. That's it. So if you're in Christ, praise God, you represent the kingdom of the world. Everyone else on the planet represents the kingdom of the world and Satan and darkness. But what I want to just encourage, we are first and foremost, saints in this room, citizens of the kingdom of God. Therefore, as I do many times, these are lenses, how we see this world and life and decisions and social issues and political issues need to be seen through the viewpoint of a citizen of the kingdom of God. I am first and foremost a citizen of a higher kingdom than the United States. And I've had a grandfather who worked in World War II. My dad was in the military. I'm not, I love my country. I love being a citizen of this country. But the, I'm an alien and stranger in this land, is what Scripture says. So as we start out our new year, I want us to be reminded of our first citizenship, our first priority of how we see this life and how we approach it and how we pray for it and how we make decisions. I couldn't believe this when I looked it up. In the, in the Gospels alone, the kingdom of God is mentioned 51 times. That phrase, kingdom of God. 14 times in the rest of the New Testament. Do you think it matters to God <laughs> that we get this? It's important. And who would, in, in the Gospels, let's break it up by four and let's just average it out. 51 by four, about 12 to 13, obviously. And who spoke most in the, New Te- in the Gospels? Jesus did. He talked about this the most. 90-something percent of the time, you see the phrase, kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God. It came out of our Savior's mouth, our King's mouth, trying to make the point of what he came to do and who, what we are called to be a part of. In Matthew, a couple times, and we all know this, Jesus proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom and healed and went and did demonstrated power. That's we are in this room to learn and to display and to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. That's the good news. The rule and reign of God on this earth that we get to experience. It's the tension we call in the theological terms of the now and the not yet. We get to experience the kingdom of God here to a certain degree. Yes, the rule and reign of God is active. Right? He's functioning. He's working. He's ruling. But have we experienced it to the fullest yet? Nope. It's coming. And that's why we, as Paul said, need to go out into the kingdom of the world and make an appeal and say, there's a kingdom you can be a part of that is glorious, that is full of hope and peace and joy and love and all those amazing attributes we saw on that screen just a few minutes ago. And his name is Jesus. Let's do a little medley for you, Jennifer. A little scripture medley. Go for it, Taylor. Mark chapter 1. Jesus is saying this. This is, it should be in red. No, it's in red. The time is fulfilled, Jesus said, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Guys, this verse is so critical. He's saying, it's time. I've come. The kingdom of God's at hand. He's saying, guess what? The kingdom of God has shown up. I'm here. All that the kingdom of God is, is represented in me. The kingdom has shown up, and I'm calling you to repent and believe in the gospel. The gospel of what? The kingdom. Guys, we've got to have this shift in our thinking just to help us. Next verse, Matthew 24, 14. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And look at the last phrase, amazing. And then the end will come. 
That's the importance of evangelism. That's the importance of us representing our king rightly and going to the nations, spreading the gospel of the kingdom. Because what that is saying, and this is that eschatological, y'all like that one? The eschatological chapter, Matthew 24, about the end and how things go and all those type of things. So he's literally, look at the emphasis of us representing and declaring and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom to the whole world. And when God knows in his infinite wisdom at the point that the nations know and have heard, I'm coming back to establish that kingdom fully. And we get to participate in that, you guys. That's the beauty of it. I love these next two, which is pretty sobering when you think. Next one here. This is Jesus speaking to the Father, praying to him in the upper room. This is the John 17 Father's Prayer. And Jesus says, sanctify them in the truth, for your word is truth. Here it is. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. One just like in John 20. It's after he's already risen and come back. And he's in the room with all the disciples. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Guys, that phrase should do something to us. When you think about the ramifications of what Jesus is saying here. Just as you sent me, Father, into this world to do what? Die. He came to die. And he came for what purpose? Luke 19.10. You guys got to get this verse in you. Memorize this verse. John 3.16 and then this. This is, the, this is all the why. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. When we hear those words, Father, as you have sent me, I'm sending them. As I send you, apostles, I'm sending you out. Just as, that's the mission we're on, to represent a kingdom. And the kingdom's about Jesus coming back and establishing his throne and receiving those back into himself to reconcile those back in, to make the appeal be a part of our kingdom, to seek and to save those that are lost. And we have the privilege and the honor to be able to be called into this and to represent that kingdom as king's kids and as his representatives. So I just wanted to encourage you guys to get back at our mindset, this shift, to know that we are on a kingdom mission every single day. Does Satan take a day off? I took a couple days off during these holidays. It was wonderful. He's still working 24-7 to make that verse not become a reality in people's lives. He's come to kill, still destroy. He's the accuser. He's come to destroy lives. He's come to mock and deceive. He never lets up. Because he wants his kingdom to have as many people in it as possible when he knows. Does he know the facts? Satan knows who's coming back. He's read it. He knows it. He's heard it for millennia. And he knows one day he's going to get drop kicked into the lake of fire. He knows that reality is coming. He may not in his context of whatever his mindset is, but he's read the truth. He knows what's coming. And therefore, there's two kingdoms at work here, two kingdoms that are battling. And one kingdom is not going to let up. And we've got to understand the war that we're in and the mindset of what we represent and who we are in him. God has called every one of us in this room who have been born again, set free, redeemed, saints of God. He has created us, called us, saved us, equipped us, and he has empowered us to proclaim and demonstrate the kingdom of God. Isn't that incredible? Even saying it is amazing to even comprehend as a human being of what we have been given the call to be a part of. And every one of us in this room, that's what we've been called to as a child of God. We are ambassadors and representatives. And the only way we can effectively 
do that and walk that out is to know our king well. Is that understood? How can we live out and represent a kingdom of a king that we don't know much about? So I love the story of Camelot. I love that legend. I love the whole thing about King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table, just principally of what that kingdom represented of other-centeredness and other people and unity and togetherness. And that's just like for us. I mean, Camelot, if you see the movies and the legends, Camelot was an ideology. Y'all hear me? Camelot was not a city or one person. It was an ideology. It's a way of living. It was a way of life. For us, the same is about the kingdom of God. The gospel of the kingdom is an ideology and a way we live and think it's about a person. And it's all about our King Jesus. And so today, that's my charge and encouragement. I just felt like just a simplicity, a practical reevaluation and just a reminder for us to remember and reflect on who God is and what he's done for us. And as we do that, we go deeper and prioritize our relationship with him. And as we do that, we'll understand more about the kingdom we're in and who we're called to be and who we are to represent. Because there's those out there in the world, you guys, that need to know about the beauty and the love and grace of our king and who he is and the kingdom they can be a part of and enjoy for the glory of God. Amen? We celebrated Advent the past few weeks, and truly, Advent celebrates the coming of the kingdom. As we just read, because the kingdom is a person. The kingdom of hope, the kingdom of joy, the kingdom of peace, the kingdom of love is the person of Jesus, our king. The worship team will come up. I want us to declare one verse together. I just thought it was fitting, even though it's something we've read throughout the holidays. Everybody will stand, and we just want to declare this together. Because this is what the angels declared and why Jesus came and what was told early on about the amazing kingdom that's to come. So let's read this together. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. You hear the ending, saints? Kingdom will have no end. We represent and serve a kingdom that is eternal. That's the good news, that we can be a part of a kingdom that's forever based on love and grace and mercy in the person of Christ, our King, who desires to know us and have a relationship with us, and that's who we get to represent. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for what's been declared through song today. I thank you for that video and just all that it declared about who you are, your grace and your love and your attributes, which I just want to remind us. Lord, that you are strong, you're sincere, you're steadfast. You're a God who's powerful and merciful. You sympathize and save. You strengthen and sustain. You guard and guide. You heal and cleanse and forgive. You deliver and defend. You serve, you reward, you beautify. And as it said at the end, Lord, you are the key to knowledge. You are the wellspring of wisdom. You are the doorway of deliverance. You're the pathway of peace the roadway of righteousness, the highway of holiness. And we thank you, Lord, that's what you have named our church, Lord, that we can be a part of the gateway of glory. 
We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you've called us to, for our salvation, that you've redeemed us. You've set us free. You've brought us from death to life, from darkness to light. You have brought us into your kingdom as citizens that we can represent the one true king. And God, I pray for all of us in this room that we just have that reminder that you help posture ourselves to understand of what we're a part of, something so much bigger than ourselves, that we want to bring you honor and glory through our life, through our behavior, through what comes out of our mouth, that we can proclaim and demonstrate your gospel of the kingdom to a world that is in darkness, that needs to see the light. And you've called us to be the light. So we praise you again. (laughs) Again, thank you, thank you, thank you that you've called us, that you've allowed us to be a citizen of your kingdom. We praise you for that, that we can represent you and bring honor and glory to your name. In Jesus' name.